Welcome to Breaking Brad, cooking up only the hottest of takes for you this evening. I'm going to go off on the NCAA today, uh, so stay tuned for that in my last segment. But first, Deshaun Watson has been suspended for 11 games. This follows Roger Goodell and the NFL's appeal of Deshaun Watson's original six-game suspension. Uh, the NFL and the NFLPA, the Players Association, uh, struck a deal to suspend Watson uh, for 11 games during the 2022-23 NFL season. And look, the league was pushing for a full-season ban. You know, Judge Sue Robinson came out with the six games, and you know, folks were very upset about that. Like, why only six games? This makes no sense with the NFL and their kangaroo courts and their strange suspensions where someone will get a year and then look at a few games for doing something more severe doesn't make much sense well Roger Goodell in the league rightly in my opinion pushed back and tried to get a full season ban for Deshaun Watson it looks like the two sides met in the middle at 11 games uh, Watson will also have to pay a fine of five million dollars and undergo mandatory evaluation by behavioral experts who I believe are uh, Phil McGraw and Dr. Fraser Crane. So um, a lot going to happen there. I'm sure Deshaun Watson will come out a changed man after all is said and done. In addition, $1 million of the $5 million fine that Deshaun Watson will have to pay to the NFL will be used to fund nonprofit organizations that, quote, educate young people on healthy relationships, promote education, and prevent sexual misconduct and assault. So, million dollars going to telling young people sexual assault is bad. Good to see that happen. You know, it may not work the 12th time, but the 13th time, they definitely won't do it anymore. Um, so, the other $4 million will presumably go to pay the NFL's legal fees for when Deshaun Watson decides to sue the league. I'm just kidding. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to sue the league. Um, if it were a full-season ban, I know folks were talking that, hey, maybe maybe this will cause Deshaun Watson to sue the league um, for, for, you know, not being consistent in their their uh, penalties for violating the NFL's conduct policy. Um, but after 11 games, it seems like, Deshaun Watson is willing to cut his losses. Um, he, I do not expect him to sue. He issued a statement after the 11-game decision came out saying, quote, I'm grateful that the disciplinary process has ended and extremely appreciative of the tremendous support I have received throughout my short time with the Browns organization. I apologize once again for any pain the situation has caused. I take accountability for the decisions I made. My focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself on and off the field and supporting my teammates however possible. While I'm away from the team, I'm excited about what the future holds for me in Cleveland. However, Deshaun Watson, in spite of that statement, He's maintaining his innocence. In a media press conference today, he said, quote, I'll continue to stand on my innocence just because, you know, settlements and things like that happen doesn't mean that a person is guilty for anything. I feel like a person has an opportunity to stand on his innocence and prove that. And we prove that from a legal side and just going to continue to push forward as an individual and as a person. Uh, I don't know if Deshaun Watson proved this on a legal side. He just had settlements for uh, 23 of the 24 women that accused him. Maybe it's all made up, but I think 24 women is a pretty massive number. If Deshaun truly believed he was innocent, I think he would raise holy hell a la Tom Brady and actually sue the league. 
I think he's satisfied with this 11-game suspension. Um, he got a $230 million contract. It's going to be, what, $225 million after this? Or I, maybe he loses that money from the suspended games. Not exactly sure how that works. Uh, but he's getting most of that guaranteed money, and he'll be back on the field um, later this season. Um, so when all said and done, you know, um, overall, I think this is the best case scenario for the NFL from a public relations perspective, um, ignoring whether this is right or wrong, just focusing on the PR side. I personally believe Watson should have been suspended a full season, but you have to take into consideration he was de facto suspended by the Houston Texans last year when these allegations started coming out. So Watson's going to miss a full season with the Houston Texans last year and two-thirds of a season this year um, with the Cleveland Browns. Um, the NFL can say, you know, from a PR standpoint, they pushed for a full-year suspension um, after Judge Sue Robinson's six-game suspension, which um, the league rightly said wasn't enough, especially when you compare it to, you know, Calvin Ridley being suspended a full year this year um, for gambling in favor of his team, not against his team, in favor of his team, out a whole year. Josh Gordon missed about 80 games of his NFL career for marijuana suspensions, which he can now do under the league's new personal conduct policy. And of course, you can't forget Tom Brady, who had a four-game suspension for um, allegedly telling his ball boy to deflate the balls to the lowest minimum standard, and then the balls deflated more because it was cold, rainy, and windy. But ultimately, they ended up settling for 11 games here. Uh, Watson will be eligible to return Week 13 against who other than his old team, the Houston Texans. Not in Cleveland, mind you, in Houston. So the Boo Birds will be out. This is a really questionable move by the NFL, by the way. I'm not sure they looked into this. They had to have looked into it, right? Um, seeing, all right, what will the first game be when Deshaun Watson returns? Uh, well, had they seen it was the Houston Texans, maybe they would have gone, all right, we'll make it a 10-game ban or a 12-game ban. Nope, they went for 11. So <laughs> a little tone deaf there on the NFL's part. Uh, Watson uh, returning to Houston, the site of where all of these incidents allegedly occurred for his first game back from suspension. You know the crowd is going to give him holy hell for that. Um, so, <laughs> not sure what the NFL is doing there, but regardless, um, Watson will be back week 13 to play the remaining six games on the Cleveland Browns schedule. Um, I have that list here. Those six games include um, week 13, obviously, against the Texans. Then they have the Bengals, the Ravens, the Saints, the Commanders, and the Steelers. So those will be the six teams that Deshaun Watson will face when he returns in Week 13 after serving his 11-game suspension. Uh, the reason it's Week 13, there is a bye week um, somewhere in there, so he'll be missing those 11 games in return uh, for those final six games um, after his suspension is up. So, with the news that Deshaun Watson's suspension has been extended from six games to 11, what should the Cleveland Browns do at the quarterback position in his absence? As of right now, Jacoby Brissett would be the starter for weeks 1 through 12. Again, there will be a bye in there, so um, it will be 11 games that the Browns would have to play with Jacoby Brissett, assuming they don't make any changes at QB. Um, now, Brissett, he's more than a solid backup quarterback, but for a talented Browns team that could potentially contend to win it all this year, you really need a strong quarterback. And I just, I don't, look, I like Jacoby Brissett. Again, your quarterback goes down and Jacoby's coming in. 
That's better than most teams have, but that's just not going to cut it um, in the first uh, 11 games of the season. And uh, look, let's go go through these 11 games that the, the Browns would supposedly have to play with Jacoby Brissett. So week one, the first game would be against the Carolina Panthers. That's probably a win. Then they have the Jets, probably a win. The Steelers and the Falcons. So the first four games, even with Jacoby Brissett, they could probably get away and win all four of those and start the season 4-0. So, you know, I, I know a lot. Of, if that does happen, folks will say, wow, see, I'm glad we went with Brissett. The Browns are 4-0. Good start to the season. We're great. Um, we'll be okay for when Deshaun Watson returns. Well, don't say that too soon because let's go through the next seven games that the Cleveland Browns will have to play after presumably winning against the Panthers, Jets, Steelers, and Falcons. Things get a lot more difficult after that. You have the Chargers, probably a loss. The Patriots, likely a loss. The Ravens on the road, another loss there. And then the Bengals at home, the Dolphins on the road, and then the Bills on the road. And then last but not least, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. Those could, or those are uh, uh, eight games, not seven. Those could all be losses. All right, Chargers, Pats, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks, and in Miami, it's in Miami too that game. So if you think that's kind of a 50-50 game, going to Miami is always tough. Um, even mid-season when it's still pretty hot and humid down there. So with Jacoby Brissett, you could easily see the Browns winning their first four games of the season and then proceeding to lose their next seven. I was wrong. Yeah, seven games, not eight games. Can't do math in my head while I talk. Um, so if that happens, suddenly they're four and seven. Start off four and oh, and then go into this ridiculously difficult gauntlet in the middle of the season and lose seven straight. You can't let that happen if you're Cleveland. You have to have a real starting caliber quarterback in there. And if they do, if they do get a solid QB in that spot instead of Jacoby Brissett, I think they can win at least three or four of those games against those tough seven teams. Let's say they only win three of them, okay? That would still put them at seven and four, assuming they win the first four. You're still near the very top of the AFC if you're seven and four when Deshaun Watson returns um, for those final six games. Again, those final six games for Deshaun Watson, the Texans, Bengals, Ravens, Saints, Commanders, and Steelers. Um, Bengals are tough. Ravens are tough. I think the rest are, are probably winnable games. Um, and, when, and you'll have Deshaun Watson, so you could presumably win all of those games. So with this in mind, you have to think the Cleveland Browns take a shot at trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. There hasn't been a ton of interest this offseason, which means his trade value has likely plummeted, meaning the Browns may only have to give up a high draft pick or two to get him. I mean, if you can get Jimmy G for a second-round pick, that's a steal. That's a steal. I would trade the first second and third round for Jimmy Garoppolo just to have him for those 11 games and in case Deshaun Watson goes down. It's been so long since Cleveland had a legitimate real starting quarterback, like three decades long. They have a real shot at winning the Super Bowl this season if they have a real quarterback out there. Get someone reliable this so this season isn't a complete waste. And I, I just do not get the hate for Jimmy Garoppolo. It makes no sense to me. I get the injuries. He's He's he gets hurt. He's missed as many games as he's played over the last four years. But again, this is just for 11 games. It's worth the gamble. Jimmy G goes down. You still have Jacoby Brissett. And then you have Deshaun Watson returning week 13. And look at Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers. 
When he is healthy, he is an elite quarterback. In 2019, he threw for nearly 4,000 yards and finished second for NFL Comeback Player of the Year award. Um, Garoppolo put up nearly identical numbers last year, but every mistake he made was met with, oh, Jimmy G, we got to get Trey Lance in there. Didn't make any sense. He's been to a Super Bowl, went in 2019, nearly won it, and then he managed last year to win two road playoff games, two difficult road playoff games, mind you, one in Dallas, one in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, and had a player two broken Jimmy G's way, he would have been back in the Super Bowl last year. So look, I, a lot of this comes from Niners fans. They've been spoiled for a lot of years having Joe Montana, Steve Young. They made it back to the Super Bowl with, with Kaepernick when um, he was pretty young. Um, but in Cleveland, <laughs> who hasn't had a good quarterback for 30-plus years, you'd imagine Jimmy G would be welcomed with open arms, even if it's just for 11 games. All the guy does is win as long as he's healthy. So win, don't get hurt. You don't need Jimmy G for very long. Cleveland, go after him. You, you have a real chance to bring in, um, when healthy, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Maintain that continuity for when Deshaun Watson returns in week 13. And then you got a Super Bowl contender, but you got to make the move. You got to make the move, and time is running out to do so. You know, maybe you could do it uh, midseason. You know, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo, he's, he's just going to be sitting at home. I don't even know if he's going to be on the sideline. Um, so maybe you get away with the first four games with Jacoby Brissett. But once you move into that tough territory where you have the Ravens, the Patriots, the Bucks, um, you're really going to need a good quarterback in there. And that guy's Jimmy Garoppolo. So pull the trigger, Cleveland. It makes sense. Now, as a Patriots fan, I hope they don't do it because I'd much rather face uh, Jacoby Brissett in Week 6. But from a Cleveland Browns fan perspective, this is the guy you want on your team, and you can probably get him for a second or third-round pick um, if you did it right now. So last story here. Um, news broke yesterday that the college football uh, playoff board of managers held a meeting to potentially bring a massive change to the world of college football. The board presented the idea of changing the way college football is governed and move it away from the governance of the NCAA. And look, the logical place, this is in their own self-interest, but the logical place would be for the college football playoff board to do it themselves. They already oversee the sports uh, playoff and all of the big name bowl games. I, I, know, I think some of the lesser bowl games they don't oversee, but you know, the, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, um, all those bowls are overseen by the college football playoff board. Um, so these discussions are just beginning, but my initial reaction is good riddance to the NCAA. This is an organization that up until about five minutes ago used college athletes like they were some surf class only they could profit from. And if, God forbid, one of those college athletes takes a little money under the table, signs a few t-shirts, lifetime ban, all awards stripped away, reputation ruined. Reggie Bush, USC, nope. We're just going to pretend like none of that ever happened. The NCAA has always been an incredibly corrupt organization. And even now where they have these new NIL rules, they are still incredibly corrupt. It was always under the excuse to... Um, that these are student athletes and that, you know, making money, getting endorsement deals, agents, learning a thing or two about the business world would be a distraction from their studies. Otherwise, you know, they won't learn enough and will fail working in business later in life. So real life business experience, bad, hungover college professor, 
who's never run a company in his life teaching you about business, that's good. Never made any sense, especially nowadays when college is like not even really college anymore. I don't really know what it is. It's, you know, I, you go to college and you basically just coast by nowadays. You don't learn a thing. Um, college, there's actually been studies done recently, um, particularly on civics, where um, college students actually come out dumber after their four years than they were when they went in. Um, so, look. This, this is another story that came out today, something that I should bring up. Um, the NCAA is now also asking colleges to investigate potential NIL violations. NIL, if you're not familiar, stands for name, image, and likeness. It's basically what college athletes are now required to go through in order to make money uh, via endorsements. Because the NCAA has to have their tentacles still all over these athletes and get bringing that money their way somehow, make sure they get a little bit of a cut there. Um, so the colleges aren't going to go along with it. And everyone's tired of the NCAA pushing people around. This so-called amateur status that we've seen over the year should have disappeared decades ago along with the AAU, two incredibly corrupt organizations that have profited off of the world's best athletes while destroying their reputations if they even make a penny. The NCAA waited as long as they could, just taking advantage of these athletes, and finally, with the NFL, the NIL, they said, you can make a few bucks, but it has to be on our terms. They feared this day would come good for the college football playoff board. I know it's in their interest. They want to make the money themselves, but they're not going to hamper these athletes. They're going to let them make all the money that they want. They're going to learn far more about business. They're going to be far more successful later in life based on this experience than attending whatever college classes they pretend to be attending. All right, these guys on average are not Andrew Luck 4.0 engineering majors. They're there to play football. I think it's good that they go to class, and if they get something out of their education, that's a good thing. But we need to get away from the NCAA because it, they, these athletes have just been robbed. They're essentially pro athletes. We treat them like pro athletes. ESPN, Fox, they talk about them like they're pro athletes. These guys, they're finally getting paid, but they're doing like used car dealer ads. These guys should be getting Nike, Reebok, Adidas deals, and you know, out of high school and, and being able to learn a thing about business, signing agents. They're, they're treated like celebrities on campus anyways. Give them a shot. And ultimately, hopefully this will be the death of the NCAA. If the college football playoff board does take over college football, I would imagine college basketball will follow and then uh, the remaining sports will as well. And then finally, we can say goodbye to this corrupt organization that, you know, has made so much money over the years off the backs of these athletes. And it never even really made that much sense because if you know business, you know that what's good for you is often what's good for me. I think if the NCAA had, you know, 50 years ago said, all right, college athletes, you know, we're, we're not going to pay you. We're not going to give you a salary, but you want to go out there and get an endorsement deal from a shoe company, go ahead and do it. I... It would have made the NCAA richer, but they had to have their tentacles over everything. They had to feel like they could control these players, control everything about the games that you see, that you watch, that you enjoy so much. It's about time the NCAA goes bye-bye, and hopefully this is the first step in that process. And I look, they, 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 they punted on the NIL stuff for so many years. A lot of it had to do with 
um, EA Sports NCAA football where they <laughs> they basically took the college athletes and had their face on there and their likeness and their skills and their overall rating was identical to what they were in real life, but they didn't put their name on it. And finally, they were sued. That lawsuit went on for years and years, and then we ended up with the NIL as a result. Uh, <laughs> just so corrupt that they, they were able to get away with that for so long. Um, it's good that we're empowered, empowering these student-athletes to do um, what they should have been doing for so long. Uh, so that's it for this episode of Breaking Brad. Uh, be back next time. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe and hit the notification bell, all that fun stuff. Um, and until next time, this is Breaking Brad. Thank you.